everyone. This is the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, May 7th, 2021. I am your host, Mark Dijnez, and today I got a lot of stuff to talk about. I've got, before I forget, and I'm not saying before I forget, I got to tell you about what I have to talk about. I'm saying I've got before I forget to talk about this game. I talked about it last week, remember? Or did you forget? And I also have Retro Machina, Rising Hell, the Skylia Prophecy, No Guns, Doppelganger Edition, Dull Grey, Angels with Scaly Wings, and that's about it. I have a, a few other things to talk about as well, game-wise, but nothing new outside of those. But that's already quite a bit of new games. However, before I get to all that I've been playing, I have some stuff I want to talk about. One, that audio mixer I've been looking at that's been out of stock for... A month or two at this point finally showed back up in stock on Amazon with only one in stock from Amazon and I snapped that up real fast and it's gonna arrive here on Friday the day that this podcast comes out and I'm excited to get my hands on it and see if it does what I hope it does and if it just suits my needs as I'm expecting it to so it's exciting uh, about that <laughs> I am glad that it is showing up after I record this podcast so I didn't feel the need to mess around with it prior to recording this because that could have been time-consuming and annoying and frustrating. Potentially, I don't know. It could be very seamless. It could be very easy. It should be very easy. But knowing me, I might get real finicky with it all. But I'm happy about that because I've been waiting for it for a long time and I don't know if there were more in stock and people snatched those up as well. And there was just that one left. Or if they just got the one in stock. But I got it. And now you can only get it via a third party seller for significantly more. Over double. A price that no one should pay. Because this thing is going to be in stock in places. I think regularly in like a week or so. I've seen other stores say that May 11th or so is when the restock is expected. But... I'm excited to get my hands on it. I also ordered my first Lego set for the first time. I just said first, first, didn't I? Yeah, I did. I ordered my first Lego set for the first time. I don't care. I'm going to do it again. Since November 13th, 2017. I knew it's been a while, but when I checked my last purchase, which was the Parisian Embassy? Not Embassy. Parisian Restaurant. That Lego creator set. That was November 13th, 2017. So it's been almost four years. It's about three and a half years. And that's wild to realize that it's been that long. But I know exactly why I stopped. It's when the brick bank, I believe, went out of stock. Or not out of stock, but they retired it early. And when I missed out on that, I decided I was done collecting all of the Lego creator modular building sets that I've been doing since the mayor's office, maybe? Because I didn't get the earlier ones like the, what are there? There's the firehouse, which I think is the first one I missed out on. Not so much the first one I missed out on, but the first one that I had the funds to waste on Lego sets and was still available and I didn't get it. But there are a few ones prior to that. But I just purchased 
the bonsai tree set and I got two of them one for me and one for my father because you can do a green one and a pink one but of course you need to get two of them to do that so I'm excited about that I was hesitant at first to even buy one of them and then I asked my dad if he would be interested in something like this and he was very very intrigued by it he thought it was very cool I've never seen him look at a Lego set and be excited about it that fast as he was with the bonsai tree. So that pretty much sold me. That was all I needed to know in order to buy it. It's like, okay, my dad is excited about this Lego set. He's usually like, Legos, eh, I don't care about Legos. What are Legos? And he says Legos instead of Lego because, you know, he's a normie. He's not a real fan. <laughs> I'm just covering up the fact that I said Legos and I feel a little bit bad about it, even though who gives a shit? Maybe. But that'll be cool <laughs> it's funny because I'm, I'm not expecting this from lego but i've been rebuilding my wardrobe from basically nothing because like i said last week i just have a bunch of white tees and i had to replace all my pants because they were the wrong size and i've only just recently admitted to myself what size i am and it's also just because i'm a weird size that's not really something you find in stores normally which is 28 by 28 for pants I, when I was really young, wore 2832s. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care that this thing is all the way down and on the floor and I'm stepping on my pants all the time. It doesn't make sense. It's just the style. It's cool, yo. And then I went to a 2830, but that was still not quite right with the kind of pants I get, especially since I've transitioned from jeans to more dressy pants and chinos and stuff like that. So I've only recently started getting new pants and as opposed to with shirts I just wanted to get everything right away I just wanted to get a full collection of pants and I used Amazon's wardrobe and then I just got a bunch of 28 by 28s so that was not cheap you know what rebuilding a wardrobe or building one from scratch not cheap but I am now in the process of just getting a shirt here and there I got a handful at once but now I'm just gonna pick up a shirt when uh, I like it and what was brought to my attention was, I mentioned the Yeeti last week, and my friend who showed me the Yeeti, who brought the Yeeti to my awareness, also made me aware of the fact that it's not the Yeeti, it's the Yeti. And I can't remember a time recently when I felt as stupid as I did then. One, as he mentioned to me, I'm all about puns. How did I not get this? Two, the fucking logo is a Yeti's face. Yes, it's incredibly abstract. It's just the outline of a face and then blackness inside showing the face. So it's easy to not get what it is if you don't know, oh, it's the Yeti. And three, this is the more important thing. I remember looking at all their shirts and I remember thinking... As I came across more and more shirts with Yetis on them, what the fuck are all these Yetis here for? These aren't about a game or anything. These aren't for an anime or a TV show or some Yeti shit. I don't know of any Yeti thing. I mean, there are Yeti movies, but these Yetis have nothing to do with any of that. Why are there so many Yetis all over this fucking site? And I never put two and two together. And I felt real dumb about it. Real, real dumb about it. And it's suiting that it comes at this time of year because the dumbest I've ever felt 
was around this time of year when my friend told me that their birthday was after the Cinco de Mayo. And my response to that was, so when is your birthday? Because up until that point, I didn't really pay attention to the words in that holiday. I was just like, whatever, Cinco de Mayo, it's just some Mexican holiday, blah, blah, blah. I don't speak Spanish. I'm an English person. (laughs) And I never just put, again, two and two together to realize that Cinco de Mayo is literally just the 5th of May. So I'm an idiot there, but I'm also an idiot here with the Yeti. However, however, I'm still going to call it the Yeti because this is going to be the Yeti in my heart forever. I really appreciate it. As I said last week, I think that they are super affordable in terms of their regular pricing. Their daily shirt pricing at $14 is crazy good because then those ones are even cheaper than the regular shirts when you factor in tax and shipping. So that's pretty cool. And they're an award-based company, so it's supporting something local, which is nice. But I like to think that they picked their name, and that is actually the Yeti in celebration of the little John song, Get Low or whatever it's called. You know how it goes. Uh, how does it go again? Uh, uh, I can't remember. But you know. Oh, ski, 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 motherfucker. Oh, ski, ski, goddamn. Oh, ye, t, 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 motherfucker. Oh, ye, t, goddamn. Something like that. Whatever, you know. It's it's a Yeti because they're looking at a bearded person and then you just come all over their their beard and their hair. And that's what makes it white. Right? That's how we, we, we connect the Yeti and the Yeti. That's disgusting. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Anywho, with that disgusting picture in your brains, let's get on to what I've been playing. However, before we get to that, some exciting news came out the day of this recording, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance is getting a re-release on current-gen platforms, which is very, very, very cool. It was one of the biggest games I was waiting for since the announcement of Dark Alliance, which is coming out in June, and I was hoping forever that Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance 1 and 2 would be coming to Xbox backward compatibility, because I love those games so much, and I would love to be able to replay them. And this is even better because now I'll be able to get achievements for the first game. I don't think they announced the second game, but it would be really cool if they re-released that one as well in the near future. Because both are great. I remember the big thing about the second one, for me at least, I'm sure there were other big changes as well. But I remember being so excited about the ability to dual wield weapons. And you could dual wield different types of weapons. So you could have a mace in one hand, a scimitar and another and vice versa and all that kind of stuff it was a very good time those games are great the trailer was all right but uh, i'm just excited that they're coming out i don't know what the pricing is but it's coming out on friday so it's announced and will be coming out almost immediately which is very exciting so yeah let's get on to what i've been playing before i forget is the game about dementia And in this game, you play as this woman who is struggling to remember little things and big things. It takes place over the course of roughly an hour. And 
I was really excited to play this because of my history with dementia and Alzheimer's in my family and living through that. But for whatever reason, before I forget, just didn't click with me. I think it does a lot of things well. The voice acting is really, really good. And I like the way remembering things works and how you go into these rooms, you interact with certain objects, and then the world will start to color, or the room will start to color, and it looks really good. It has a really nice aesthetic, this painterly, watercolory aesthetic, which is really nice to look at, especially when the rooms start to come to life with color. But I just didn't gel with it for whatever reason. I don't think it's bad, and I wouldn't say you shouldn't play it, especially since it's, I think, $8. It's definitely worth checking out if the subject matter interests you. But it just didn't quite hit me the way I wanted or expected it to. I don't want to really go into any details regarding the story because it is so short, and it's really about experiencing it and how... It handles everything. I think it does all of that well. I, I don't think that my lack of connecting with the game is because it does a poor job of delivering this type of story and trying to convey what it's like to be in that space. But it just, for whatever reason, didn't click with me. But like I said, I think it does a lot of things well, and it's definitely worth checking out if the subject matter interests you. Just remember that it is a really short game. There's there's no replayability, so I, I, I don't know why you would think that and why that would be important to you. But if maybe that does turn you off, then I guess pass. But if you are remotely interested in a game about dementia, through the eyes of someone who has dementia and what that's like, what that feels like on an emotional level, before I forget, it is definitely worth checking out. Then, Retro Machina is a game that it, it feels like, this is going to sound bad, it feels like a bootleg Ration and Clank game, specifically like Secret Agent Clank, because you're playing as a robot in it. And I mean that in the best way possible. It doesn't have the visual fidelity that those games have, which isn't to say that Retro Machina doesn't look good. I think it looks really good. And it's from an isometric perspective where you attack enemies every now and again and solve puzzles. It's kind of bastiony in the way it looks and feels and you are this robot who has become faulty in some way or whatever and you're trying to fix yourself you get thrown away and now you're trying to get back to where you were and all that and i really really liked it you have the ability to control other robots which you use to solve puzzles so you can control these little spider robots and then maneuver them into small spaces and onto switches and the way they use this power 
He's super creative. It's very simple at first, but then there's a lot of back and forth and you helping out the spider you're controlling get to a space and then it helps you get to another place and you just keep going back and forth until you get through an area. And I found those puzzles to ratchet up in their cleverness fairly quickly. And then the combat is fine. It's serviceable. But overall, I just, I had a really good time with it. And I'm looking forward to playing more of it. It does look pretty good for what it is. And the story is minimal, but decent enough. Even aesthetically, it kind of gives me that Ratchet and Clank vibe where you're in these human worlds with overgrown nature on them but it's a it's a fun little game. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. I'm not sure how long it is, but I put it in a few hours and have enjoyed every second of it. It's it's one of the most pleasant surprises of the year for me so far. I I've, I've really been enjoying it. Then Rising Hell is a roguelike where you are rising through the depths of hell. But I think what the story conceit is is that you are climbing this tree of hell that is stemmed from Lucifer's body after he tried to overtake heaven or something like that. And he was smited down. And then they were like, we're going to fucking make a tree out of you. And now you're making your way to the top to save him or some shit like that. I don't know. But what I do know is that it's pretty fun. It can get hectic and hard to follow what's going on in screen. But it looks really good. It's got some great music. And the combat overall is a lot of fun. So you have three characters to pick from. You only have one at the outright. And you unlock two additional characters and additional starting weapons by collecting these purple orb diamond things during your runs. Which also can be used in runs to restock these stores and stuff like that which i never do because that just feels like a waste i want to save them to unlock things that are more permanent and those are the only permanent unlocks you get is the different characters and then different starting weapons uh, and as you level up you'll also unlock new traits and things you can find in a run but the way runs work is that you start off at the bottom as uh, you would expect and you're gradually making your way higher and higher. Jackie Wilson, great song. Love that song. He didn't originally do it, but his version is the, the most well-known of that song. It sounds very reminiscent of the original, and nobody cares about that except me. I love that song so much. My dad likes this version by, I think, Rita Wilson, which is super slow. And, oh, God, I hate it so much. It was the fucking one of the worst covers I've ever heard in my life. I hate it so much. Fucking garbage. Anywho, Rising Hell. So you are making your way higher and higher. And you have a basic attack. A jump and a double jump. You can clean the walls and bounce between them. Do some wall jumping. And then what I really like and is the most satisfying part about the game is that if you jump by an enemy and you land right by them and then you do another jump, you will automatically do an attack on them. And it's, I think, 
always or almost always an instant kill if you attack them that way, regardless of what the enemy is. And what's really cool, and they lean into it in certain levels, is that you can chain these jump attacks because when you attack someone with the jump and do like a grapple thing or whatever that kills them automatically, you will then propel yourself a little bit upward. And there are certain levels where they have enemies placed so frequently throughout a very narrow tower and you can chain this to just flow up the entire tower without having to stop at any point and it is super satisfying there is a flow to the combat that when everything is clicking feels really satisfying but when you're just using the basic attack it's fine it's in those flow moments, those flow states, when it really feels good, though. But as much as I'm liking it, there is a bit of hecticness to it that can be a bit much at times where it's just hard to follow what's going on on screen. And it is a very fast-paced game. But overall, I'm really, really liking it. I'm having fun with it. You can... Level up 40 times, which seems like it's going to take quite a while because it was a few runs or so where I even just got to level 2. And by leveling up, you unlock these traits or whatever, like I said, that you can find in runs or the ability to purchase new starting items. They don't unlock the items outright. You still have to pay for them, but you then have them as an option. And the three playable characters, I've unlocked them because I wanted to get them first. They all play somewhat differently. And of course, one will have more health, one will have more damage and be a little weaker, blah, 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 blah. And I, I like the difference in their play styles. They're not incredibly different. They're not just black and white different, but they are different enough that one might suit you, whereas another one won't. Like they're they're different enough so that you can go between them and implement different strategies when you're playing as one or the other. But that is Rising Hell, a rogue like that I am liking quite a bit. Then the Skylia Prophecy is I don't know what this game really is because I think it is a bit broken in its design in a way that I find way too frustrating to ever want to play more of it. It feels almost like it wants to be a Castlevania-like, almost in the vein of Simon's Quest. But the way it works is that you have one attack, your little sword attack, and this is just your, these are your basic mechanics. I think you get some other ones down the road, but I haven't gotten to that point, so I don't know personally. But you have your basic sword attack, which you just swing out in front of you, and that's all you can do. You can jump up and attack as well, but you can't attack upwards, and if you crouch, you can't attack while crouching, which doesn't make sense because they have all these little tiny enemies that are not really even attacking you, they're just walking back and forth. But if they hit you, they'll do damage. But the way, 
because you have to be able to defeat them somewhere. I mean, you could just jump over them, I guess. But ideally, you'd want to be able to attack them so that they're not in your way. How you do this is by putting up your shield and just letting them walk into your shield. This is a stupid, stupid mechanic. It doesn't feel good. It's not satisfying. It is tedious as all hell. And it just isn't any fun to have this sword attack that is limited to just standing or jumping. And then the shield thing, which is just, hey, wait for the enemy to walk into you. It's just weird. And it doesn't feel good. And on top of that, you will come across these barrels that can be exploded. These explosive barrels, you might call them. And the way you detonate them, the way you make them go boom, is by getting close enough to them so that you can hit them with your shield, but not too close that your shield won't protect you and lead to an automatic death. They try and teach you this in the tutorial, but I kept taking damage, but in the tutorial they won't let you die, so it was fine, I figured whatever. But very early on, you get to a point where there's a giant wall that you have to destroy with one of these barrels. And the only way to do it, you can't hit it with your sword from a distance, a safe distance. You don't have any kind of throwable weapon, so you have to do it this way with the shield. I died maybe six plus times there and had to re-through, re-through. I had to redo the tutorial every single time because there wasn't a save point up until then. The only save points are these statues you come across. So I did opt to replay it multiple times until I got to a point where I was able to at least confirm that there was a sweet spot to where you can blow up these barrels with your shield without taking damage, but it is so specific and requires such accuracy that being just a smidge off could lead to an automatic death that I just, I can't even fathom how they thought this was a good idea from a gameplay standpoint. I just, I don't understand how they thought it feels good, how it's a good idea. It's just the fact that I struggled with that situation very early on made me not want to play any more of the game. Because there's no way I won't be in other situations where that is the case, right? There's no way that they won't put me in another situation where I have to blow up a barrel or maybe I'll accidentally do it or I don't know what. But I don't want to get to another point in the game where I have to do this and I have to be very, 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 very perfect in my implementation of the shield and all that stuff or I'm going to die. And have to redo however much was prior to that section. I just, I don't want to do that. It's not fun. It's annoying. It's not easy to move your character in a gradual way. You just nudge the analog stick or whatever. And that could push them forward more than you would like. And then you're just going back and forth, back and forth until you think you're close enough. Then you hit the shield and you're just a pixel off. And then you move a little bit forward, but you know that you went too far, and then you go back, and then you go forward again, and then you think you finally hit it there, and then you hit the shield, and then you're still just a pixel off. And it's just a tedious, 
why the fuck is this the way it is situation? There could be an okay game here, but some of the design choices just get in the way of it being anything worth playing more of or recommending, which bums me out to say, but I just I just find this whole shield mechanic unbelievably weird and not not a good thing. But again, that is a Skylia prophecy. You can check it out if you want. It does seem to dole out achievements pretty fast and loose, so if you want a lot of achievements, I'm sure you can get all of them pretty quickly. But then No Guns Doppelganger Edition is a rogue light, I guess. But unlike Rising Hell, I do not like No Guns. I find it pleasing to look at. I do like it aesthetically. But everything outside of that, I'm not a fan of. It suffers from the problem a lot of indies do in terms of its UI design and just general design where it feels like whether it is to stand out or be unique or whatever, it feels the need to take its aesthetic, which is this very grim, I guess, but it's very bony. You're a little skeleton person and it's just very bony. And I don't know what that means, but that's just what it is. It's very bony. And it implements this style everywhere in the menus the menus have like these card systems it's just i looked at the menus and the settings and all these details and things that are providing me with information and they're handled in a way that is fitting to the game and its aesthetic but is not easy to understand and know what's what i look at everything and i'm like okay what is all this shit i don't i don't understand what these things are or what this thing is what does this mean? How do I get this to go here? What is this? Do I have this? Or am I looking for this? Like, I hate when games feel like they need to just put their style everywhere as opposed to just making clear and understandable, readable menus that are just easy to understand. They're just menus. You don't need to drip the, the game style into all of that. Make it easy to read and understand because when I look at all this stuff, I get confused and I get frustrated and it turns me off from the experience very quickly. But disregarding all that, I just don't like the way No Guns Doppelganger Edition feels. You have a gun which you attack enemies with and a jump, a dodge you can do in the jump a dodge roll you can do to avoid enemy attacks or traps on the ground, as well as a slide that allows you to shoot upwards. So you can only shoot in the direction you're moving, but if you slide, you'll aim your gun upwards and you can shoot upwards. What I don't like is that the shooting is fine. That's, that's not a problem here. But when you do the dodge roll, after you perform the dodge roll, your little skeleton person will pause for a second or so, like they're doing a little pose. And... When they do that, you can't move them. They're stuck there. It's not like they do a pose unless you decide to move them immediately after that. You can jump immediately out of a dodge roll, but that doesn't always make sense because that could lead you to another trap or an enemy or something along those lines, and I don't always want to do that. So having this dodge roll always end in this one-second pause of vulnerability, not a fan of that. And then... 
the way so many enemies come after you is really frustrating because you don't have a melee attack and some enemies will when they spot you just lock onto you and come right up on you to attack you like these scorpions i believe they were and when i say they come right up on you i mean they come right on the same plane as you the same pixel space as you and you can't attack them when they're right on top of you because your gun will just shoot past them because they're right on the same plane of existence as you. And it's super annoying because you'll try to run away to get distance so that you can turn around and then shoot them, but they stay on you super fast. It is hard to get space from them, and it just becomes this cat and mouse game that is not fun. And if there was just a melee attack or something, that would make up for that very easily. But unless I missed it, or it's in the menus telling me it with like some convoluted setting to some fucking shit, I don't believe there is any type of melee attack. So it just isn't fun or satisfying to play. It's frustrating. And the way it works is that you go into this space and it's a bunch of connected rooms. You're trying to get to the boss room and all that jazz and move on. You get into a room through a door and then you want to get to the exit door. You don't have to kill all the enemies. You just need to get to the door. And that's that. So design-wise, not bad. Aesthetically, like visually, I like the look of it. The shooting does feel okay. But then the dodge roll annoys me. The way enemies attack you annoys me. And overall, I just wasn't having a good time with it. And it, it definitely doesn't help that I was playing a similar game in terms of its design and being a rogue-like as well in Rising Hell that I look at those two games and there's one clear winner and that's Rising Hell. Rising Hell looks better, sounds better, plays better. The, the systems and everything are better as far as I know because, like I said, No Guns Doppelganger Edition just bleeds... It's aesthetic everywhere that I just can't, I can't follow what the fuck anything means. And it's, it's frustrating. That really bugs me. But then I got a few visual novels to talk about before I wrap things up. So the dull gray is very short. And I'm not going to talk too much about this one because I just didn't really care about it at all. It can be finished in less than 30 minutes maybe like 15 minutes, depending on how fast you're going through it all. And it's about you as a young boy, I believe. And you are at this point in your life where you have to pick your profession and you're constantly given two choices to pick from. One is more dangerous, but is a respected thing that your father also did. And then another one is not looked upon highly by society but is a more safe choice and you are going through the story reading a bunch of texts and then every now and again you will just get the same choice you will be given the same choice of this job or this job which one do you want to do and your mother will keep 
reminding you and asking you, okay, do you want this one or that one? And you just keep doing the same thing, making one or the other choice throughout the whole thing until you reach the end. And just, it never, ever gelled with me whatsoever. I found it to be pretty aptly titled in that it was very, very dull. And even with its short length, I was bored before it finished. But uh, yeah, that is dull gray. Then Angels with Scaly Wings is an interesting story about the discovery of a portal that leads to this other world where instead of it being inhabited by humans, it's inhabited by dragons of various sorts, but they can all talk and communicate. They live normal lives like humans. And the story starts out where you're just trying to go to this other world because you want to trade resources and information with them. You, upon discovering this portal, which you thought was only going to send you to another part of the world because you've had these in the world before, but this is the first of its kind that has led to somewhere unknown. And you only have a few uses of it because you don't have enough power to power the machine. But when you talk to the other people on the other side, who you don't know are dragons prior to actually going there, you discover that they have these generators and this reusable energy that would be very advantageous to our people. So you decide to trade information with them for these resources. And it all starts very simple and straightforward. It does then just go into murder and intrigue and all these kind of things. And it's pretty decent. I am not the biggest visual novel fan. I think some of the romance stuff here, just all the romance stuff here, doesn't need to be there. But the story itself, I found engaging and well-written enough to keep my attention, which is saying a lot for a visual novel because it's just not my thing. And I like the amount of choices you are given. So you, you do have a fair amount of choices in various bits of dialogue. And then usually you have multiple choices with how you can spend the rest of a day after you've done an investigation or done this forced bit of conversation or story bit. You can choose to hang out with this person or that person or do whatever. And I found overall the, the game to be decent. As far as visual novels go, I enjoyed it about as much as I've enjoyed any visual novel up until this point, which is saying both a lot and not a lot. But that is Angels with Scaly Wings, which uh, I played all these games on the old Xbox. Then before I wrap things up, I did for the first time play Rocket League with real people. Uh, some of the folk over at the Player One Podcast Discord. I'm not sure if this is going to become a regular Monday thing, but we played for like two hours. And boy, oh boy, do I suck at that game. I looked at my in-game clock prior to that. And prior to those two hours with Rocket League, I had only ever played 10 minutes of the game. And I think that's all in practice mode against the AI. So I had very little experience. And despite sucking a whole bunch, I did have fun overall. It was a bit disheartening at times. And I was really just trying to 
not fuck up so bad that I was negatively impacting whatever team I was on. If I didn't do anything to help us win, I was okay with that. I didn't want to do anything that actively made us lose, which I think I only did a handful of times. But it's a it's a it's a game that I just wish I was better at and I want to get better at because I don't know if there's a game out there and maybe it's the 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 difference between where I'd want to be skill-wise and where I am or the, the fact that I like it so much conceptually and want to get better. But I don't know if there's a game out there that I feel as inept at as I do with Rocket League. I feel like the absolute worst when playing Rocket League than maybe any other game. I feel like I can, I can hold my own in most any other game, but in Rocket League, I just feel like an absolute piece of shit. But despite feeling like a piece of shit, I still enjoy my time with it. That's the magic of Rocket League. And then I just finished Rage for Attack the Backlog, streamed all of that, got a few new people to follow me and jump into the chat and hang out, which was fun as well, including a person from South Africa, which is wild. Unless they're lying to me, who knows? You never know. They could be lying, but I like to believe people until they give me a reason not to. That that is cool. It's it's been really rewarding to just have a handful of people show up now, and and maybe it'll continue to grow and it'll keep getting more and more rewarding. But it's been an overall nice experience playing on Twitch at this point. I hope it stays that way, but we we shall see. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I've rambled on long enough. About whatever, this, that, and who done it? <laughs> I don't know. Anywho, what is this? I got a, I got an email from Paul from Verbal. Your podcast sounds great on Verbal. Hi there. Paul here from Verbal. We found your podcast on the open podcast directory and built your Verbal station. Attack the backlog. Oh, it's for Attack the Backlog, not this show. <laughs> I know you're going to want to claim it and take control. Fuck you. I ain't doing any of that shit. I'll trust your ass. Anywho, that will do it for this episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am Mark Krishnez. Also, once again, Naruto sucks ass. I finished the original series. I'm now in Ship It In. And man, that show just takes itself way too seriously. I have no idea how it checks out. Maybe it makes more sense in the manga. I don't know. But based on what I watched in the first season, up until the point where he went away and they're still going on and on about bringing him back i don't buy or understand how naruto and sasuke are best friends i don't get that from what i've seen of them and how that came to be they seemed like just i don't know rivals i guess you could say but best friends hell no that's a big leap to make with those two but I just think the show takes itself so fucking seriously most of the time. The humor does not land. And I I just, I think it might be the worst Shonen Jump series I've ever watched. I, I at this point, am almost 100% sure that I would put Fairy Tale above it in terms of quality, if you want to say. And I want to rescore Fairy Tale. I might give the whole thing just a 5 out of 10 because... The more I think about it, yes, it maybe of all the ones is the most anime-ass anime of the bunch. 
and has a lot of frustrating elements, but it is entertaining if you just don't mind all that shit. It's not exactly my cup of tea, but I don't think it is terrible so much as that it's just not exactly my thing. But I definitely, when I think back on it, enjoyed my time with it more than I enjoyed any of my time with Naruto up until this point. But who gives a shit about that? Anywho, once again, I am Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast and Attack the Backlog, which is also on verbal, I guess. But you can find both of these podcasts on platforms, podcast platforms across the globe, any way you slice it. I don't know where I'm going with this. This verbal thing just screwed up everything. Get out of my face, Paul. I don't like you. But you can find both podcasts anywhere you want. Any way you want it, that's the way you need it. Anywhere you want it, I'm going to be there. <laughs> that's, none of that was right. But if you'd like to check out the videos I make, you can go over to youtube.com slash sausage and watch them there like Attack the Backlog, which is always better consumed in video form. You can also check out my streams if you'd like over at twitch.tv slash sausage. If you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over to the site again. That is pixelatedsausage.com. And if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy this here episode. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely weekend. Bye.